Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And this week, it's just me. It's been a few weeks since I have just been by myself with my own thoughts. And so that's what we got. (laughs) There's something I've been thinking about for a while. And it's something we talked about a a few weeks ago in our conversation with Annette. And uh, it's just been on my mind a little bit. And I had a conversation with one of the, the people that I work with yesterday that got me thinking a little bit more deeply about this idea, this concept. And so uh, I wanted to just share some thoughts. So here they are. The The thought is, uh, we talked, we've talked several times on the podcast about Annette, my sister slash favorite co-host. <laughs> uh, shout out to you, Annette, of course. Um, and how the um, brain injury that she had a few years ago has really altered her life. And uh, we've talked the two of us have talked a little bit about that and some of the things that have changed her situation was she had a seizure overnight one night and that's how the uh, diagnosis came that she had this tumor. It was removed and um, all that remains is a scar and uh, an altered life. So she has um, issues with uh external stimulus, processing, things like that, lights and sounds and things like that type of uh, outside external stimulus has been different for her. And so she was a lot of years old before she had the tumor. Now she's about three, three and a half years into it um, after having had this this surgery. Um, And and brains are, are really interesting. The way that brains work, we've got an upcoming episode. Uh, We're going to have what I hope is a fun conversation. We're going to talk about the the natural man, which I think plays a lot into how our brains work, but really more about how our thoughts work, how our thought processes work. And so we've we've got that coming. But Annette's experience is really more about the actual uh, physical function of the brain and how a brain injury has changed things like her her ability to process things. Um, She has talked in the past about the fact that sometimes she goes into meetings, including church meetings, and she'll have um, glasses, sunglasses on, uh, rose-colored sunglasses, of course, (laughs) makes everything good, right? But also earbuds, sometimes just to block out the sound, sometimes no noise canceling, sometimes not. And uh, that's all the the only reason that that her ability to handle some of those things differently now um, compared to what it was in the past is because of this brain injury. There are also uh, side effects, including uh, taste, how things taste or whether they have a taste. Um, I was out visiting a while back and she uh, was talking about um, how fish tastes to her. I'm not a huge salmon fan, but there are a couple ways that I'll eat it, that I like it. And um, while I was out there, they made uh, smoked salmon. It was very tasty. And she didn't have any. She said that fish tastes like rotting fish to her, which I could give up 
on fish, but sometimes she says things like chocolate just don't have the chocolate flavor. She uh, sometimes appreciates stronger flavors like blue cheese because she can actually taste those flavors. And so um, I've had some thoughts about how something like that, that, that permanently or semi-permanently could change your life experience, how that would, um, that could be difficult. And then I got COVID. <laughs> I was an early adopter. I got COVID uh, in April, a couple of years ago, when it had first come out, the primary symptom was anosmia, which is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know that there are two um, side effects, there's two symptoms, I guess, of the at least the early COVID, and that was the ability, the inability to taste and the inability to smell. And uh, that's the version that I had, and that's how I knew that I had that I would test positive was that I uh, was eating a bowl of strawberries that had no flavor. I, it was like it, there was, if you haven't had this experience, it is bizarre. It, it had no flavor. There was nothing. It was I could feel the cool texture, the firmness of the berries, and there was nothing. There was no flavor. I had a, a fruit smoothie as well, and same thing. It was cold and it was uh, icy, and but no flavor. It was, uh, and that's when I texted a buddy who's a doctor and said, um, "What does this mean?" And he said, "You're positive. Go get tested." And there have been some things over the last two years that just have not tasted right. My my taste has returned largely. I'd say um, almost one hundred percent. Um. I will also say, I don't remember if I've shared about how my kids enjoyed my inability to taste, but um, I was eating breakfast one day. And what do you eat when you can't taste anything? Uh, I certainly didn't want to spend money on anything because I wasn't going to enjoy it. I'm not going to go grab a a sandwich or something like that. So I just, I had a couple of hard boiled eggs and I didn't need to put salt on them because I couldn't taste whether there was salt on it. it Anyways, and so Edison came up and was asking the dad, you, you really can't taste anything? Yeah, I really can't taste anything. Well, then you should put you should put peanut butter on your hard-boiled egg. Well, I can't taste it, so it doesn't matter to me. So I put a, a, a spoonful of peanut butter on my hard-boiled egg, and he thought that was gross, but not gross enough. So he wanted me to, me to put ketchup on the peanut butter on the hard-boiled egg, which, again, I could taste absolutely nothing. There was nothing, nothing and I knew I was eating a hard-boiled egg because I could uh, sense the texture in my mouth of the 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 firmness of the egg white, the kind of the chalky, dry, uh, the the yolk, and the smooth and creamy of the the peanut butter, and the uh, it's a little bit different texture with the ketchup, and, and none of it bothered me because I don't have many texture issues as I'm. <laughs> as I'm eating things, it's more taste. The only texture issue I have is with liver. That's just disgusting. <laughs> I have a hard time eating liver. But nothing, nothing at all. And it was a couple of days later that uh, I think Edison was eating, or he had made some oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and he wanted me to dip the cookie in queso cheese, which I did, but I could smell the cookies baking and I could taste the cheese and the the cookies not super strong, but I could taste there was the, the taste was coming back. So the interesting thing for me was uh, as I as time progressed, there were different things that that had different flavors 
than what I had experienced before. And there was no no common thread that I could find. The first thing that I noticed was lettuce. I would eat, and I enjoy salad, and really salad for me is the delivery system for salad dressing. If you have a good salad dressing, then I'll have salad, and I like to have the all the uh, things like uh, mushrooms and cucumbers and cheese and all the toppings because that's more stuff that the dressing can stick to. So I had all that and the lettuce just tasted almost antiseptic. It tasted like there had been something used to clean the lettuce. That's what I had assumed. And it just tasted off. It wasn't really bad, but it just tasted off. Well, then it was sometime later I was having uh, snacks at work. Somebody brought in some um, city barbecue. And and so there was pulled pork and barbecue sauce. I love the hot barbecue sauce. So I put that on my pulled pork and the barbecue sauce had that same off flavor that lettuce had. And I don't know what ingredient is common to barbecue sauce and lettuce. The um, next thing that I noticed was that the hair gel that I use, I spend almost zero time on my hair, but the hair gel that I use smelled like lettuce tasted, which is just bizarre. And things would kind of ebb and flow. I noticed as I would eat shrimp cocktail, there were certain cocktail sauces that had the same bad flavor. And and as time went on, it got worse. It got bad enough to the point that I just did not enjoy eating those things. Taco Bell. <laughs> which used to be a staple in my life. The, I don't know if it was the lettuce or the tomatoes or what, but it was just distasteful. It was just not even, um, not that Taco Bell's all that great anyways, but I, I had a hard time eating it. And um, it was, it got to be a challenge to go to restaurants because the things that I used to love, I didn't know if I was going to love it. And it was a crapshoot because some lettuces were fine and some lettuces were not fine. And it wasn't the type of lettuce I would get some romaine lettuce that was great. And some romaine lettuce would be not good. So I just didn't know. But the one thing that that ended up being kind of a consistent thing was cilantro. Um, I make two things. (laughs) I make a lot of things, but I make chocolate cake and I make salsa. And sometimes the same day. And I sometimes share cilantro. I I share the salsa and I share share the chocolate cake, of course. So the thing with the cilantro was it tasted, it smelled and tasted so bad to me, I could not stand to have it in my salsa anymore. And I know that some people have a a major distaste for salsa, or I should say for for cilantro. I've got friends that say it tastes like the uh, licking the bottom of a, a lawnmower. And that's not what it tasted like to me. It wasn't that earthy, like a grass, but it just tasted. You know, if I if I could describe the taste of cilantro for me before it was kind of, it was fresh and bright. And I know those aren't words that describe taste, but it, it made my pico de gallo salsa, um, kind of a, it kind of popped. And then all of a sudden it made it really dark and just hard to, hard to eat. My family thought it was hilarious. They would wave cilantro in front of me and I could smell it in the room. I mean, and I don't smell things well, but I could smell cilantro if it was in the same room and it just, uh, it was more than I could handle sometimes. So I would make uh, two versions of salsas. I would make a, a bowl with cilantro for everybody else. And I would make a bowl without cilantro. And that would be, um, that would be what I got. Uh, 
and but everything else tasted the same. And then the lettuce started to be, um, you know, again, it's a crapshoot, but sometimes it wasn't quite as bad. And then I got uh, COVID again, <laughs> the second time. And after that, the bad taste of lettuce, not so bad anymore. It still sometimes is a little bit off, but not nearly what it was. And cilantro, still not what it was before but not nearly as, as awful as it was. The, um, the thing that's interesting to me is as I understand it, all of that, all of that, what Annette's experiencing, what I've been experiencing with, with COVID and with cilantro, for example, I, because I've loved cilantro, I'd go into a a Mexican restaurant and I would forget. (laughs) I've got a lot of years loving cilantro and I would forget that I don't like it anymore. And I would forget to have it taken off. And then I would have this meal that just didn't taste right because it had cilantro and I would have to pick it off. And sometimes you just can't pick it off, but all that's happening in my brain. And I don't know how to fix that. Annette has told me the story and I don't remember if she shared it on the podcast. She was, I think she did where she was talking to a life coach about what her role is or was in this brain tumor that she had. And it's such a great question because there's not a clear, obvious answer. And her answer was, her body's not perfect. That's the point of uh, what this episode is all about, is that our bodies aren't perfect. And I think that we sometimes assume that they're supposed to be that we're supposed to be perfect, that our bodies are supposed to be perfect, that our lives are supposed to be perfect. And uh, it's just become more and more uh, on my mind recently that that's never been the plan. There was no reason. There's never been a reason. There's never been anything that has indicated that our bodies are supposed to be perfect or that our lives are supposed to be perfect. So when I have lower back pain because I turned funny or I slept funny. So now my neck hurts or I didn't sleep well. And so now I'm tired and am going to be sleep deprived and grumpy over the course of my work day. None of that's wrong. There's nothing that's gone wrong. That's just part of life. The reason that my back sometimes hurts is because my body's not perfect yet. The reason that cilantro doesn't taste the way that it used to is because my body's not perfect yet. The reason that I get (laughs) winded walking up a flight of stairs is because I'm out of shape, but also my body's not perfect yet. And the more, and this is me really talking to myself and uh, I appreciate you listening. (laughs) And then if you have thoughts or comments, I'd be happy to hear those. But the more I think that something's gone wrong, that things are different than how they should be, then the worse my experience is. And that's, that's where I have some control. I can have a worser experience because I'm thinking that my experience is worser than it's supposed to be. And, um, worser, that's the shout out to Jan, because I know that she would hate that. And so I'm going to use it irregardless of what she would say. So if I can just be open to the fact that life is different than what my brain thinks that it should be, it can be 
better because I don't have this unresolved or unmet expectation. A couple of days ago, I was, I was in a mood at work. It just, a couple of things that happened. I was just bitter. And in fact, my boss came by and he said, so how are you doing? And I said, I'm not talking to you right now because I'm afraid I'm going to say something that I will regret. And I just won't put myself in that position. So <laughs> it was a rough day. And I think I've gotten over it and things are going to be fine and it's all good. And that's, that's just the way that it is sometimes. Um, so I, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of combine that thought. Our bodies are not perfect. They're not supposed to be perfect. This is all part of how it's all supposed to be. And then, uh, sitting in uh, class in the, um, Sunday conversation that we had in our elders quorum this last Sunday, something that struck me was, uh, one of the people in there said that he sometimes realizes that he hasn't made the improvements in his life that he wants. And he'll recognize years later that, wow, I just wasted that decade. And I just want to push back on that as well, because as I overlay this, overlay this idea that our bodies are not perfect. And it's not just our bodies. Our, our whole soul is not yet perfect. We're not. And what I mean by that is we're not, uh, and I'm going to use the New Testament definition. Not the, Well, yeah, the, I think it's the Greek. When uh, Christ comes and says, be therefore perfect, he's not saying be ye therefore flawless. Um, perfect doesn't mean without flaw. It means complete. So at some point we need to become cl- complete, but we're not complete yet. Uh, we've got decades and decades to become complete. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be working towards that, but it means that we can take some of the pressure off of ourselves because at age 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, we haven't quite hit the mark yet. We have plenty of time to become perfect, to become, I should say, to become complete. That's not something that has to happen today or tomorrow or this week or this month. And what if to the point that was made in the, in the class on Sunday, what if the, that, that missed opportunity or the imperfection or the, that wasted quote unquote wasted decade or whatever it is, what if that is what was required to get us to kind of be shocked into recognizing, ah, I'm missing something. I'm missing the mark in this area. I need to, I need to get my focus on that thing. What if that, that years long absence of progress in whatever was a necessary part of the, of our progress? I, I hope that makes sense. That's kind of how it is in my head. What if, what if the mistakes that we make and think back to riding your bike, learning to ride your bike, think back to learning to drive a stick shift. If you know how to drive a manual transmission car, the mistakes that you make grinding the, the gears, um, that's part of the process. I don't know that you're going to learn that motion, the two foot plus hand motion of moving from gear to gear without grinding. Is that ever going to happen? Riding a bike without falling. Is that ever going to happen? Um, learning to walk. I've shared the story in the past about when I learned to fly and trying to, to coordinate my feet uh, on the ground as I would try to, to steer the plane. And I was just weaving all over the place. And my instructor was saying, Ken, keep it on the yellow line. And I'm trying, I'm trying to, my feet are just not cooperating. 
we learn from experience and experience means we don't do it right all the time. And I think sometimes we forget that we need to take some of the pressure off of ourselves, that mistakes aren't necessarily required, but they're part of the process. They're part of the experience. And if we have 10 year gaps in an area of our personal progress that we want to be developing, maybe that's what's going to wake us up. Maybe that's part of our overall process. And so that's my thought. That's what I'm going to leave you with today, give you something to think about. We'll have conversations coming up about um, the five-second rule. And um, I've talked about the natural man. I'm super excited about having that conversation. So we'll do that in the next few weeks. But until then, thanks for listening. And would love to hear your feedback. Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. Reach out to me and we'll talk next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?